Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show, your on-air ladies' Bible study event. This is the show that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O Devotion. This week, my intention is to inspire you to reach for God's best, no matter the age or stage of life you're in. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode number 103, When the End is Better Than the Beginning. We're talking with author and ministry leader Wendy Peter about doing great things for God in the next chapter of your life. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions and find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 103. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion so you can get refreshed. I love the story of Colonel Sanders' life because it was actually out of difficulty where his giftedness to cook for others was refined. At an early stage, Harlan David Sanders' father passed away. As the oldest son, he was often left in charge of feeding his siblings as his mother had to take a job that would keep her out of the town for days. This guy had more jobs and failed businesses than you can imagine. It wasn't until 1940, at age 50, when Saunders perfected his secret recipe for chicken, which he actually did in a pressure cooker, since it was faster than pan frying. In 1952, at 62, Saunders started his first Kentucky Fried Chicken store and didn't become a millionaire until he was 73. There's just so many interesting stories of people making changes later in life to pursue their God-given calling. Laura Elizabeth Ingalls Wilder is one of those people. Growing up because of their dire financial circumstances, Laura's family moved countless times, landing for a time in about seven different states and a few more than once. Reluctantly, Laura started teaching at the age of 16 to help the family out financially. Married by 18 to Almanzo Wilder, life was much the same with moving states, but a little rougher with Almanzo's health problems, loss of a child, and financial struggles. It wasn't until 1932, at the age of 65, that Laura published her first book and became known as one of America's most famous authors with her Little House on the Prairie series of children's books based on her childhood as an early settler living with her pioneer family. I'm not sure how old you are, but as a kid in the 70s and early 80s, we watched Little House on the Prairie as a family. Before it started, we'd gather the Kleenex and choose our seats because no one wanted to leave during the show. There's also a lot of examples of people in the Bible who accomplished great things or fulfilled their God-given calling later in life. I think of Caleb who took the hill country in his 80s and received the land set aside for him. Caleb didn't let his promise from God lay dormant, but chased after it. And the scripture says that he did so with the same strength as he had when God gave him the promise 40 years before. 
Sarah and Elizabeth became postmenopausal moms. When their friends were planning for a retirement, they were packing their baby bags. These two women were blessed to experience the fulfillment of their God-given dreams in the later stages of their lives. Both played their part in helping the plan of salvation become clearer to the world. I was 44 when I got remarried to the man God designed for me. 45 when I published my first book and got back into the ministry God called me into as a teen. 51 when I started this show. 52 when I started online ministry. And I can't wait for what God has for me next. Isaiah 43 verses 18 to 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? If you do, then you'll see what it's like when the end is better than the beginning. It is just about that moment and kind of the, the fleshy things, if you will. And that's kind of what's missing in, you know, mainstream or secular music. Whereas the Christian music, artists are vulnerable and they write a song. It's so much more about what's life-giving and breathing and just trying to give honor and glory to God. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Wendy Peter is an amazing, inspiring communicator and teacher of the Word of God. She's a pastor emeritus at the Wave Church, the North American director of Women on the Frontlines, a global women's movement, which was founded by James Gall in 1997 and then led by Patricia King until 2019 when the reins were passed on to Wendy. She spent her life empowering others to break free from the limitations and beliefs that have held them back. Wendy is passionate about living from a place of intimacy with God and authenticity with others. She's been building women on the front lines into a movement that empowers, equips, connects, and mobilizes women around the globe. Today, she's here to help you start stepping with courage into God's call for the next stage of your life as we talk about her book, Just Getting Started. Wendy Peter, welcome to the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm excited to be able to talk to you and your listeners. Oh, well, I'm really glad to have you here. I have been loving your book. Took it away on vacation. It is just impacting me in incredible ways. I know that what you're going to say today is going to change lives, inspire women. So we've got to just jump into it. Something that I get all the guests to share with the, the audience is a favorite a Bible study tool or tip, something that helps you get into God's word. Awesome. Well, my tip is simply this, you know, I do a lot of study for teaching because I do speaking and lessons and things for other people, but I really love to listen to the word of God and to make that a daily part of my life. And so I got in the habit some years ago of turning on an audio Bible while I did my hair and my makeup, kind of beautiful mm. on the inside, beautiful on the outside, I guess would be the goal. <laughs> but uh, I found that, you know, it's, it's just a really great practice to not just sit down and study, which I do that as part of my job, but to listen 
as one who is hearing a message from the Father. And so I really enjoy that and I recommend it. I love it. I actually do the same. And I think, you know, it makes her makeup and hair turnout so much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Um, so if you could share your favorite Bible verse with people. Yeah, my my favorite Bible verse is really, I had to think about that when you asked me, but I really, I was trying to think, you know, there's so many, but which one comes down to the core of what I'm about? And it's from Revelations 12, 11, and it's, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. And it's the last part of that uh, verse that really speaks to me because we're living in a culture where people put such a high value on their rights and their life mm. and their opinion. And when I look at the scriptures, I see people who are living for a cause that was greater than they were. Mm -hmm. And they were able to be willing to lay down what their opinion, their life, their rights were in order to see that greater cause come to pass. So that's one of my favorite verses. I That is such a powerful verse and such an encouragement to us that, you know, when we tell our story, our testimony, what God has done in our life, that that is such a powerful thing. And we, I think we underestimate the power of our story. Um, I've gotten the privilege to be able to have your book already. And maybe some of the girls listening haven't. They might not know much of your story. So I want to talk a little bit about your testimony and how God has caused you to overcome in different situations. And then that's been the catalyst for you to help other women overcome. But you are a Canadian girl, aren't you? Yes, I was born in Winnipeg, which for those of you who are not from Canada, is mm -hmm. in the very, very center of North America, just above North Dakota. Mm-hmm. A wonderful, warm place in the, the hearts of people, but very cold in the wintertime. Very cold. We get minus 40 degrees for weeks at a time. And oh. so I met a girl one day oh. who was from uh, somewhere in an island nation where, you know, the Caribbean, who had just moved to Winnipeg. And she said to me, on the description of the city, it said the word bitterly cold. And I didn't know what that meant, but now I do. And so that would describe <laughs> our city. It would describe, like, explain why you have the nickname Winterpeg. <laughs> well, it probably goes very well. But, you know, there's something about people who live in a very cold climate that actually makes for really strong people. We've had some very famous musicians and writers mm -hmm. and authors come out of Winnipeg. And Winnipeg is the um, multicultural center in some ways of North America. We have the largest folklorama uh, the celebration of nations of almost anywhere in the world. So we have every culture here and that makes for a beautiful experience in our churches and in our lives because we are enriched by the nations and by what they yeah, carry. I so agree with you. And anytime I've spoken in Winnipeg, I just love being there. The people are so friendly, just a wonderful place to be. Um, so you were this girl born and raised in Winnipeg there. And then you became a mom of really a brood of kids. I did. I did. We, uh, we were told we were infertile and we, uh, were prayed for. And miraculously, I did conceive. And that's a whole story and ended up mm -hmm. having two biological children. But uh, I think somebody said about me, I collect strays, you know, we I still <laughs> wanted a daughter. And through a set of circumstances, we ended up with three girls in our home. Uh, two were little girls who could not be adopted because they were First Nations in Canada. That means they were 
um, Aboriginal children from a reserve and there were laws around their adoption availability. And so we raised them into adulthood. And then we had one girl who was just a a real street kid and she needed a place to stay. I don't think everyone sets out to be, you know, a foster parent, but Mm. there was a need you know, somebody laying at the side of the road and we stopped essentially mm. and we took her in. We've also just taken in women who were pregnant unexpectedly and were considering terminating their pregnancies. And we've said, you know, what, if there was some support, would you want to make a different decision? And it's amazing how just by being the hands and feet of Jesus, you can make such an impact. Absolutely. It changes lives, sets people free. And you have done that for so many. I know that's just a tip of the iceberg of the women that God has used you to impact by your loving mom heart. But I know as you talk about in the book that you went, uh, you know, through a period of time where we can as moms that we kind of pull back. We don't chase after our dreams because we're so focused on our kids. And so after the break, we're going to come back and I want you to share how you went from hidden to visible. Hi, I'm Wendy Peter from episode 103 and my music pick for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is Only Jesus by Casting Crowns. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Only Jesus. Trouble finding time to grow in your faith? Take your joy everywhere. Download the My Joy Radio app today and be ready to reconnect to all of your favorite ministries. Plus, 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream means you're never more than a few swipes away from an uplifting word or song. It's never been easier to create time for your faith. The My Joy Radio app, uplifting music, life-changing ministry, and more. Available now. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back with author Wendy Peter, director of Women on the Front Lines in North America and beloved Canadian girl, talking about her latest book, Just Getting Started, Stepping with Courage into God's Call for the Next Stage of Your Life. And girls, get ready because she is going to help inspire you to move forward. Wendy, I am loving this conversation, getting to know a little bit more about you. So we kind of left off in your story where you're a mom and then how we sometimes get into that hidden phase as a mom where everything is for our kids we're not really moving forward in the dream that God gave us and we're just kind of going through the motions but so you talk in your book about going from hidden to visible and so I thought that was so inspiring and hope you can just share some of that journey with the girls listening for sure and I think it's a very common experience as women that we have this ability to lay down what's important to us and serve others and that's a beautiful thing but sometimes in that Mm -hmm. process of serving others we can lose ourselves and we can lose sight of the real uniqueness we have or the dreams that we were carrying now what do I do with them and so I went through a time that many of you may have gone through or be going through now where I began to have what I call a divine dissatisfaction within me. It was like everything I was doing and that I was competent at was good, but there was something missing. And, you know, 
I, I began to feel like there was an ending that needed to come, although I couldn't put my finger on what it was. You know, in one, in one of the chapters in my book, I talk about recognizing the season of necessary endings and mm-hmm. how the things that used to give you joy and you were passionate about now become a little bit boring or, or you just don't have the same drive for it. Or in fact, you become critical of that which you once loved. So I was going through this season where all of those things were happening for me. I was feeling that for some reason I was not satisfied and began to pursue the Lord. And I realized that although in the eyes of others, I had broken through so many false ceilings. I was a, um, you know, a co-pastor in a big church and I could preach in the pulpit on Sundays in a city where women usually couldn't. There were amazing things going on in my life. But I didn't grow up in the church. And so when I got the Bible, I took that as the instruction book for what was supposed to happen. And when I compared my life to that instruction book, there were some supernatural things I saw in there. There were some amazing things that I was not satisfied that I was walking in. There were some prayers and words people had spoken over me. Some churches use the word prophecy, meaning people speak what they feel God wants to convey from his heart to you. And there were things about me being an international leader and being an influencer over many. And yet there was no discernible way in my life for that to come to pass. And so in that season, I realized that I could stay the way I was or I could decide to dream again. And I had to go through a process of saying, you're not too old, you're not too invisible, Uh, lacking opportunity is not the issue here, money's not the issue. Wendy, you need to God, give God your yes, and let's see what happens. And so that is part of the story of me going from hidden to visible, because once I gave God that yes, uh, supernatural things began to happen. A whole series of coincidences that took me from teaching classes in the basement of a church to leading a global women's movement. Yeah, I think sometimes we feel like life's issues or motherhood, just just things that are going on in our world, keep us low hinder us from reaching our dreams. And and the next thing you talk about in your book really is those moments of lift that really inspired me to look for those moments of lift in my life. And I'd love you to talk about that so that girls start to think about the, the experiences that they might have that could be moments of lift for them. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times our life can feel like we've been in one of those games that has the maze on it with a little ball rolls around all these different tracks and never gets anywhere. And there can be experiences (laughs) we've had that we say, that was all for nothing. I did all this for me. I did all this training in film school. What was it for? Little did I know that years later I would need that. And so, so often we use those events to disqualify ourselves instead of saying, wait a minute, God has a plan for me. And I might not understand where this is going, but I'm not going to lose my hope that he's taking me somewhere. I love to use the example of an American hero called Captain Sully. He was the pilot that Mm, landed the plane on the Hudson River. And they asked him after, they said, were you afraid that you couldn't do it? And he said, no, everything up until that moment in my life had actually been a preparation for what was about to happen. And I would just want to encourage you that every single thing that's happened in your life up until this point is likely a preparation for what's about to happen in the next season coming up if you will begin to dream again. That is so encouraging. And we need to look for all the different lift moments of lift. And then there's going to be that great takeoff as you've experienced and and continue to experience in new ways. But the next part of your book that really uh, spoke to me 
is where you talk about resurrecting the seed of your dream. And you say in your book, the seed of your dream may be old and it may be lying on the shelf, but everything that it needs to flourish is still in the seed of that dream. No matter how old your dream it is, it can be taken off the shelf and brought to pass with the right attention and condition for growth. You talk about defining your dream. And that was so... um, so enlightening, so practical. And I know that it could help so many as you share about it. Awesome. Well, when it comes to resurrecting an old dream, first of all, I'll tell you environment is everything. If you keep that dream in the dark, in the back of a drawer where nobody can see it or help it, it's going to stay there. If you keep that dream around people who don't believe in you, those are those. that's a dried up environment. Sometimes mm. we need to get around people who are thinking higher than us, who are stepping into things that uh, we want to step into. That might mean joining your local women's business group. It might mean pursuing some friendships where there's people who are walking in things that you'd like to walk in. And I always say, make it easy for them to have you around. Offer to clean their house if you can spend time with them. Get yourself (laughs) in alignment with people who are running in the dream that you're wanting to resurrect. And you will begin to see that the things that that dream need to prosper will begin to come to that dream. And so don't leave the dream on the shelf. Don't leave it in the drawer. Bring it out and begin to define it. I can only tell you that you probably need to buy the book. This is not just a plug, but buy the book (laughs) in order to actually go through the exercises. There's many exercises in the book because I wanted it to be practical. So you can go through those exercises and it'll help you define your dream. and It'll help you to bring it into alignment with where it needs to go in order to resurrect Absolutely. Girls, you need this book. I've been doing all of the practical work and application work that it takes in order to do each of these steps that she talks about. And it is amazing how God is really um, moving me forward in the dream. You talk about staging your comeback, um, which is really talking about how we have to be involved in getting that dream moving forward. Wendy, I am so thankful that you came on the show. I, I know girls are going to grab hold of this book. They're going to go on the link in the show notes and get it. So thank you so much for being here today. It is my pleasure to be here and it was great to talk to you. I hope you've been motivated in your thinking today. If you thought your best days were behind you, I challenge you to think like Caleb and be like Wendy Peter. Be ready to change and see the great new things God has for your future. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 103, When the End is Better Than the Beginning, on the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights and information about our guest at soulh2o.com slash 103. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family. Take a screen capture while listening on your device and share on your social media to help spread the word about Soul H2O. Come back next week as we talk about the most misunderstood women in the Bible with author, podcaster, artist, and agent, Mary DeMuth. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Refreshed.
Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.